0: Welcome to the Grow Your Independent Consulting Business Podcast. I'm Melissa Lieberman, a fellow IC and business coach. On this podcast, I teach you to become a consistently booked independent consultant without becoming a pushy salesperson or working 24 seven. If I can do it, you can too. Listen on to find out how. Welcome to this week's episode, number 106. We're here today to talk about making more money in your consulting business. And one of the ways that I find to be often overlooked for independent consultants is selling follow-on consulting work. I'm not talking about extending your current engagement. I'm talking about selling follow-on work to your existing clients. This is an area of opportunity for most independent consultants to have a, an intentional, to create an intentional follow-on process to sell work to your existing clients. It's kind of like low-hanging fruit. It is low-hanging fruit, not kind of like. And so many times I find independent consultants overlooking it, ignoring it, maybe even avoiding it. And I want to help you to not fall into that same pattern. So that's what we're going to focus on today so that you can make making more money in your business easier for you. We all want that, don't we? Okay, so that's our focus is selling follow-on consulting work to your existing clients. And we're going to walk through what that really means. And I'm going to share some strategies with you to make that happen and then ultimately give you a specific tool that will help you put this into place. This topic came about because there's been several clients in the last couple of weeks that have really been focused on, you know, winding down an existing client and thinking about what they're going to do next. And it's really important because a lot of times I find that we don't have an intentional plan. We don't have an intentional plan about what we want to do with our existing client, unless maybe they ask us if, you know, if, or recommend even that we stay on for another type of a project. And identifying those opportunities ourselves and taking command of the situation. We also lose the opportunity to decide very specifically, you know, that we don't want to work with that given client anymore for whatever reason and taking action in our business in a more decisive way. So that's what I really want to focus in on today. It's not a topic that's talked about as frequently as other things like selling new business. And I find that having an intentional, really well-laid-out plan to sell, qualify, and sell follow-on work can be a tremendous revenue generator and fulfillment generator for your business. So I want to walk you through the formula for that today so that you're not falling into the same trap that so many independent consultants are and overlooking this really important aspect of your sales process. Before we dive in, though, I want to point you to a complimentary resource for today's episode. It's called the Independent Consultants Pricing Scorecard. So you can find that at the website, its own special website, icpricing.com. So that's the two letters, I-C, for Independent Consultants, pricing.com. And when you go to that page, it will have, ask you 10, 12 or so questions about your current pricing strategy and give you some very specific recommendations about where areas of opportunity for your pricing. And one of those areas to increase their pricing, so you make more money doing what you're doing, or so that you adjust what you're doing to make more money and have it be more profitable. And one of those areas of opportunity is selling follow-on work, potentially pricing it higher, pricing it differently, and taking advantage of the relationship and the results and the reputation that you've already created at your existing clients or, and even your past clients. So that's what we're talking about today. The agenda specifically, first, we're going to talk about starting off with fine tuning your mindset to set yourself up for success. A lot, most of the time, our mindset is what sends us in the completely wrong direction as it relates to selling follow-on work. So I want to start there and point out to you where you may be having the same thought patterns that are putting this revenue stream either at risk for you or non-existent for you. So we're going to start off talking about the fine-tuning your mindset to set yourself up for success with follow-on work. Then we're going to talk about very specific strategies for selling the follow-on work to your existing or former clients. And then at the end, I will share one tool, really important tool that you can use to put this into action. It's actually a really important tool that you can use for any type of sales process, whether it's a new client or an existing follow-on type client. So definitely stay tuned to the end so that you can hear what that tool is. Because I think you're going to think it's really incredibly obvious, but I'm guessing you're going to also not be using it in your sales process. So I don't want you to miss it. Okay, so with that, let's dive into the mindset side of selling follow-on work to your existing clients. Well, actually, before I move into the mindset work, let me just really briefly define what we're talking about. When I say selling follow-on work, what I mean by that is you're in an existing engagement for a client or you've done a past engagement for a client and you're at the place where that is wrapping up And you have the opportunity to either introduce or propose follow-on work. So subsequent work, subsequent projects, whether they're related to the current or past work you've done for that client, they might very well be related, complementary or sequentially related. They may be you moving, uh, recommending to the client a retainer to move into now that you've finished the bulk of the, you know, of the initial work. It might look like uh, follow on work, might look like, you know, providing different types of services to an existing business unit within that client. It might also look like working with other business units within that existing client, doing similar work that you've been doing already. So, those are the types of work that I'm describing here today on this episode. It's really The concept of farming, if you've heard that concept before from a sales perspective, farming an existing client where you've got really good relationships with that client, you've invested a lot in terms of those relationships and the work you've delivered for that client. And you're just constantly cultivating whatever you've planted there. And at times you're ready to uh, harvest the crop. I think I've told you on this uh, podcast, I grew up on a cattle ranch. We didn't really farm in this way, but I know what I'm talking about. So anyway, the point being that you've really invested so much of your time and energy and the value in this existing relationship with a client. And there's so much opportunity for follow-on type work, Whether again, whether that be sequential projects within your current stakeholder set or looking at other organizations, other departments, other business units, other lines of business within the same company, and figuring out how you can provide similar value to what you've been providing you know, to your current uh, stakeholder. So that's what I mean by follow-on work. So with that definition in mind, let's first start off with the sales mindset. The sales mindset that will fuel this follow-on selling. Most consultants, as I mentioned before, are ignoring this. It's so often that I work with clients and ask them as their projects are wrapping up with, you know, given clients, we start talking about what's next, or maybe they just rolled off a project when we start working together. And I ask them what's next with that existing client. I haven't heard of anything they need. I'll just, you know, basically wait. I'm waiting to hear what might be next, what they might need from me. That's such a common way to describe it this is leaving opportunity and money on the table. You're overlooking, if this is the case for you, where you're kind of waiting for the client to ask you to do the next thing, you're overlooking the value of having a foot in the door. Leaving that opportunity and money on the table and really waiting until it's so late. Once you're at the tail end of a project or at the end of a project. You've lost a lot of opportunity and momentum of what, you know, kind of being top of mind with that client, if you will. So today I want to talk with you about shifting the mindset, which is largely avoidance or not even active avoidance. It might be just ignoring it, not thinking about it, deferring it, putting it off, whatever it is for you. Let's first just ask yourself, what is my thought process about follow-on work? Ask yourself, what is my thought process about selling follow-on work? If you're like most consultants, like I just described, it's likely that it's more reactive your mindset has some uh, flavor to it of being very reactive versus proactive, putting the ball in that appliance court to basically invite you on another date. And so today I want to encourage you to think about follow-on work and what a more effective sales mindset would be for you to fuel that follow-on work if it's not Complacent. If it's not reactive, if it's not, I want to wait and see if they valued what I just did enough, you know, to to request that I stay and work on a different project or introduce me to one of their colleagues in another business unit who won't need similar work. The mindset that you want to be having as a business owner, as a successful independent consulting business owner, is thinking about what you are doing now for that client. And what you will be doing for that client and what you've done for that client in the past as valuable. And if you're thinking about what you're doing as so valuable, it would be so hard to keep you kind of in your seat, not wanting to, you know, from keeping you down from describing it to other people that you know that you could help, offering ideas to your existing client about what additional value that they can receive and, enjoy out of the work that you're doing. If you truly believed from a mindset perspective that the work you're doing is invaluable to them and that they could benefit from your subsequent expertise in another related area or in a, you know, in any type of follow-on project, it's very different coming from that mindset, which is they need what I have. They want what I have. Versus I hope they want what I have, I'll wait for them to ask. What you're doing, what you want to be setting yourself up for is thinking about very intentionally how you're going to propose and strategize and work together, co-develop with your existing client what those next projects might look like. Really from an assumptive place rather than waiting for them to invite you in. Assumptive that they want to continue working with you that they will find a way to continue working with you and that you have value to add to them. You have value to provide in the projects that you deliver. You have value in a retainer type relationship if they don't want to continue, if you're not wanting to continue on an execution front, for example, and thinking about how do I marry up the value I know I can provide to them with what their business goals are and what their challenges are. Do you see the difference there as you think about the mindset? If you're just going off of your default mindset without examining this at all, it's very likely that you're ignoring this or procrastinating, thinking about it, the follow-on type of work that you could do for a given client, or being very passive about it, thinking that the client will invite you to continue working with them if you've proven yourself. That's very similar to just trying to work as hard as you can in a full-time job and hope that you get recognized. We all know that that's not the best way to get promoted. A lot of us do it that way, but that's not the best way to get promoted. And it's very similar in this case, when you're selling follow-on work, coming at it from the mindset of, they definitely want to continue working with me, not waiting for the sign that they want to continue working with you, but... Thinking intentionally, I know that they would find value in continuing to work with me. And this is how I believe that I can best deliver the value to them. And let's figure out a strategy together to make that happen. Whether it be a phase two of a project that you've been working on or a retainer or an introduction to another business unit that has a similar problem that you solve. So that's the first step for you is really becoming aware of your current mindset as it relates to follow on work very specifically, and then redirecting that on purpose to give yourself the benefit of the doubt to continue offering value to the client and being open to them saying no to them saying, you know what, that's not going to work right now and helping them figure out why that is versus not offering the follow-on work at all because you're afraid of being rejected. I mean, that's really what this comes down to, right? A lot of times we'll go out there and we'll start working with a new client and deliver against the project that we've agreed to. And then we're worried that they're going to say no to a follow-on type of engagement. And so we don't even broach the subject. I've definitely done that before. In the past, And I work with so many clients who fall into that same trap and you may be too. And that's why the first step of this process is so important is really figuring out where you're at right now on on the mindset spectrum and then figuring out where you want to redirect so that you're giving yourself the benefit of the doubt and opening yourself up to thinking about and strategically offering follow-on work, even if you know it's not a slam dunk that they'll agree to it. So that's the first step of this follow-on process for selling follow-on consulting work is to get your headspace in the most productive place it can be for you to then start thinking about really interesting and unique strategies and offers that you can be giving to your clients that they may not have ever considered themselves, where you're able to help them. You know their goals inside and out now. Because you've been working with those clients, you understand their internal dynamics so much better than you did in the beginning if they were a brand new client. And now you can add so much more value in the recommendations that you're making to them for follow-on work. Even if they choose not to leverage you for the follow-on work, it's that value you're providing as part of it. And they're not going to forget that. They may come back several years from now and want to work with you because of the way that you've handled this process of helping them look at the bigger picture. So, now let's talk about strategies for selling follow on work. Let me just say the strategies are not these things. Let's start off with what they are not first. And then I'll give you the five strategies that you can leverage. The strategies for selling follow on work are not wait and see, they're not. Prove yourself first and get through X, Y, or Z milestone. And then you decide if you're going to give yourself permission to to start thinking about selling follow-on work. That line will just keep moving forward. You'll never say to yourself, or it would be rare for you to say to yourself, okay, now I've proven myself I can go sell follow-on work. We just keep moving the bar forward. So that's what the strategies are not. They're not wait and see. They're not wait until I've proven myself because again, that's a moving target. Now, look, I'm not saying you should start selling follow-on work You know, the first day that you're there. There's some very subtle ways to sell follow-on work that I'll share with you here in a moment. But at the same time, most of us push it out so far that then we end up losing the opportunity and it never happens. And that's what I'm saying. These are not the strategies to take forward. Here are the strategies you want to be leveraging. And there there are more, but the five top strategies that you want to be using for selling follow-on work. And all of these are basically systems. They're systems that you put in place in your business because this is a specific way to generate revenue. And so you have a system, you systematize this, so you don't have to think about it. You systematize this so that you don't let yourself talk yourself out of it. You systematize it so that you can leverage that higher value mindset that we were talking about a minute ago versus letting your default mindset take over, which is just waiting for them to ask you you know, to stay on or to take on another engagement. So the five strategies that you can leverage to sell follow-on work, number one, purposefully Decide if you want to continue working with this client. Put a checkpoint in your process that says, at X point in time, based on X, Y, and Z criteria, I'm going to decide if I want to start proposing follow on work with this client. A lot of times, again, we just take this process very passively. And if the client offers additional work to us, whether it's an extension of our existing contract or another phase or another type of project, we might be very tempted to say yes, even though this has not been a profitable client or a fulfilling client or a high revenue generating client. We might be tempted to say yes because we are worried about our pipeline and so it's just the easiest thing to do. So that's why I bring this up first. You want to bake into your process very specific checkpoints and criteria for you to decide is this the type of client that I want to engage with in a longer-term relationship where I'm proposing follow-on work. Another touch point that you want to bake into your delivery process, your really throughout all of your processes, both de- business development and ultimately client delivery processes, you want to bake in recurring touch points. So, that there are reasons why you would be having bigger picture conversations with the client. There are reasons why you're talking about their overall strategy and how the work you're doing is helping to advance that and the risk points that you see or the other blind spots that they might not have noticed. This type of touch point that you want to bake into your process is something like a quarterly business review or a specific. You know, milestone based review. Maybe it's every quarter, like a QBR, or maybe it's, you know, halfway through your project, you just automatically do this. And you explain to the client, part of my process to make sure that we're successful is we have an executive steering committee meeting, and this is what the agenda looks like, or we have a stakeholder meeting, and this is what the agenda looks like. So again, you're getting in front of that client and helping them to zoom out and see the bigger picture about what it is that you're delivering, how it fits into their corporate goals, and help them to see the blind spots that you're seeing and start planting seeds for additional follow-on work where you know there are opportunities that they need to address that they're ignoring. And you're starting to plant the seeds and, and seeing what their reaction is to those issues that you're bringing up and seeing what's resonating with them and what isn't resonating with them. Having those recurring touch points baked into your delivery process is incredibly important because otherwise it's so common for you to get down in the day-to-day, get down in the weeds, Start delivering and then knowing that you need to have this type of a session, but thinking things like, well, it's not going that well this week. I think we'll do it next week. And then it just keeps kicking the can down the road. So creating these touch points for yourself in the way that you deliver is incredibly valuable to, again, continue elevating that conversation, continue advancing the relationship with the stakeholders who who care about the end results of the projects that you're working on. Another strategy that you, that's really valuable to employ is ask very intentionally. Once you understand the landscape and, you know, who the people are within an organization, asking the strategy is asking for introductions to other parts of the business. It might be asking for introductions to other business units that are you know, siblings, if you will, to the business unit that you're currently working with. When you know that your stakeholder, your project sponsor has a great relationship with his, his or her peer over in another organization within that company, that's a great place to start to ask for an introduction. Then that creates trust that's built in. So you want to be thinking about what the, that those relationships look like and where those introductions may occur when you've got the skill set and the expertise to be able to help other parts of the business. Similarly, you may want, you know, you may be looking at how do I get introduced to subsidiaries or even vendors or the private equity firm that owns the company? Think about it, not just within the other parts of the business, but within that business's ecosystem. What kind of follow on work is available to you? and would be valuable to those other organizations. And then get involved with strategy and budget setting type work. That's the fourth strategy. Get involved with setting strategy. Get involved with meetings that are related to budget decisions. As much as you can, it might look like you advising the CFO or the COO or someone in operations who's trying to build out a plan for the second half of the year or for next year. You raising your hand and saying, you know, I've got, I've had a few observations about this. I would love to just talk with you about the strategy that you're developing and give you some insights, whether you take it or not just give you some insight into what I'm seeing and help to be their strategic advisor and set yourself up for someone who not only is that strategic advisor, who they may want to keep on retainer in the longer term, but also the main purpose of the strategy in the short term is for you to get line of sight into where their priorities are as an organization, strategically, what the budget looks like and the decisions and trade-offs that they're making. So the more you can... Insert yourself into those scenarios by offering value, the more information and and data points you'll have to inform your follow-on selling strategy. And then the fifth strategy for you to sell follow-on work to those existing or former clients is by very specifically and continuously finding ways to sell your value before your engagement, during your engagement after your engagement. A lot of times we think my work speaks for itself. The results speak for themselves. That's not always the case. A lot of times it's rarely the case. The internal stakeholders like to take credit for the work that we do because we're leaving and they want to get promoted. So think about as you're designing your process your delivery process? What are the ways that I can continuously demonstrate the value of the work that I'm doing? In subtle ways, sometimes very direct ways, sometimes subtle, but constantly really thinking about what is the value of this? Why are they doing this? Why are they paying me to do this? Why are they doing this instead of something else? What does it mean to them, both professionally and organizationally? And Baking that into your process so that you're not just kind of heads down executing and you come up for air toward the end of the project and no one's really seeing what it is that you're contributing to that organization and to the engagement. So, those are five examples of ways that you can start baking in strategies to your business development processes and to your client delivery processes so that you've got very specific touch points and types of activities that you want to recommend to your client, that you want to get involved in with your client, so that you have that opportunity to identify opportunities for upselling and for selling follow-on work, and then also for creating the case study and the value proposition around why it makes sense to engage in whatever follow-on work that you're recommending. So again, it's it's kind of having that insider knowledge. You've got your foot in the door. You understand the people so much better. You understand the way the company prioritizes and what their objectives are. You have all of that insider knowledge. And so you want to be purposefully cultivating both that knowledge, the relationships, and the process steps in order to make sure that you're able to leverage it and create opportunity for you to propose follow-on work with either your existing stakeholders and or other stakeholders that in the organization. Okay, so hopefully those strategies I'm, uh, land with you, go put in at least two or three of them into your existing business development and client delivery processes to make this more intentional. And as we wrap up, what I will share with you now is the tool to help you put this into action. And that tool is a tool that is something that will make it very intentional for you. You're strategizing on selling follow-on work, your touch points for selling follow-on work, your cadence for selling follow-on work. And that tool is creating an account plan. If you've ever been in a sales Type of a role, or even a customer success management type of a role, or even operations, some kind of customer facing role, you are likely familiar with the concept of an account plan. Most of us have, as independent consultants, rarely, if ever, create something like this. And so think about it for you. If this is a tool that you can use to really envelop or implement what I've shared with you today and that is thinking very explicitly about your current clients. You can do this for past clients too. And thinking about who are the stakeholders, really mapping, making yourself a stakeholder map as part of your account plan. Thinking about what could you sell very purposefully as part of your account plan. Thinking about the timing and what that might look like as part of your account plan. And thinking about the proactive touch points you want to put in place in order to Keep your value at top of mind in order to make really powerful recommendations and show them insights and blind spots that you're recognizing that they they may not have time to be thinking about. So that tool to put this upselling follow-on work process in place is the account plan, making yourself an account plan so that you're thinking about this client and the opportunity within this client so much more proactively intentionally and ahead of time. So you don't get yourself into that spot where all of a sudden you look up that engagement's about to end. You realize you you are regretting that you haven't started talking about follow on work weeks or months ago, and you feel like it's too late and you end up rolling off and having to start over finding a brand new client when there was so much opportunity for you at this existing client. So that's what I have for you today. Go start building out account plans for yourself so that you've got that strategic intentional plan and can start putting that into action so you can make more money working with those existing clients who you love helping and making a bigger impact in their business. So that is what I have for you today. Don't forget to go take the IC pricing the assessment at icpricing.com and If you're interested in learning more about what it looks like to work with me as a private coach, you can go to my website, melissalieberman.com, and there is a whole work with me section with details about my private coaching program and testimonials. So I invite you to go check that out as well. And if you're interested in talking about whether or not it would be a good fit for you, there's a, a button there where you can book a consultation with me and we can talk about it together and help you make a decision. All right. That's what I have for you today. Hopefully this is something that you um, really is a good use of your time today. Make it a good use of your time by going and putting what we talked about, the five strategies and the account plan concept into action and reach out if you need help. All right. Have a good one. See you next week. Thanks for joining me this week on the Grow Your Independent Consulting Business podcast. If you like today's episode, I have three quick next steps for you. First, click subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to make sure you don't miss future episodes. Next, leave me a review in your podcast app so other independent consultants can find and benefit too. And finally, to put the ideas from today's episode into action, head over to melissalieberman.com for the show notes and more resources to help you grow your consulting practice from your first few projects into a full-fledged business. See you next week.